0: howdy folks i just want to do a quick um update um while i was recording this audio for some unknown reason around about the 15 minute mark um, a buzzing noise will start to appear and it will start to um get more noticeable as the audio goes on near to the end it's quite noticeable Um, i don't know as to why it happened i believe after troubleshooting um it was an issue with interference from a signal booster that I have in my room for my internet. Um, I have since turned it off, but obviously I don't want to re-record uh, this episode because I believe it's quite you know, quite good. Um, so I just thought I'd do this quick sort of... Um, update at the beginning of the video to let you folks know that there will be some boys in noise and that if you're listening with headphones it might get quite annoying or might be quite jarring so I apologize for that and I hope for the next episode to fix the issue Um, so what I recommend is that if you're going to listen to this episode make sure you're not wearing headphones for best results and um, I apologize Um, but you know I'm still learning I'm still trying to figure out how this stuff works Um, I can only apologize but hopefully next week fingers crossed if I've done all my troubleshooting and I've, I believe that I have, but I'll do a few more tests before next week and um, hopefully next week will be better. So I just want to say my apologies again and uh, I hope you enjoy the show nonetheless. So thank you. And on I go with the show. Howdy, folks. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Welcome back to the second episode of What Page You Want with me, your host, Luke, the Ginger Bookworm. And on today's page, we've got a jam-packed show. Um, But first of all, I just want to take the time to thank absolutely everybody who listened to the first episode, genuinely. It means so much. It really does. Uh, All the feedback and all the love and everything I got off everybody was just overwhelming. I Generally, I got so emotional. Um, Some of the messages and some of the um, feedback was just incredible. It really, really means a lot. So I generally just want to say thank you to everybody who took the time to um, listen. You know, I, I get granted. I know it went on a bit longer than I'd planned. I generally had planned just to do like a 30 minute max, but it went over close to an hour, um, you know, but for those of you that listened all the way through or even just got halfway through, it doesn't really matter to me. What matters is that you you listened and you took the time and generally just, it means a lot. So as I said, with feedback, um, I got a lot of feedback from you guys. It was, like I said, an an amazing amount. Um, One of the biggest sort of key sort of feedbacks was that uh, it just started, whereas, like, I didn't really know how to use the app. I wasn't really sure. Like I said, I'm still learning. I'm still trying to figure out what I'm doing here. Um, And one of the things that people were saying was that that I just started talking. There was no sort of flow. It just started straight away. So I've been playing around the app and um, I figured out how to do um, interludes, you know, uh, beginning like an intro and an outro. Um, So as you probably noticed when the um, audio started, when you started listening, there was a bit of a chime at the beginning just to kind of bring it in uh, as a soft thing. I feel like um, if I add that in now, it kind of adds really quite smoothly, but also what it allows me to do as I've, done a bit more research and looked into it over the t- over the last sort of week since the first episode, that it means I can do interludes. So what that means is is basically I could do an introduction as I'm doing now, and then I could say, okay, folks, it's time for the review. And then I can stop the recording, mark it as introduction. And then we can put up, say, uh, I can start again do interview, do my interview stop that one then go into this little section get some music any all music they've got loads to choose from one here choose this one fits best stick it in between press play and then it'll have the intro the introduction bit of music the review starts um i've not really played around with it that much so i don't really know exactly how to do it in a productive smooth way so what i figured i would do just for the second episode you know, try it a bit, but not too much. So I'm going to do an intro and an outro uh, music. That way we can kind of get a, a feel for how it works. And then hopefully next week, I'm going to try at uh, doing some segments. So um, fingers crossed, you know, see if it works. You know, like I said, it's all about learning. It's all about experimenting. It's all about having fun. And that's kind of what I'm trying to uh, achieve here really is just to have as much fun as possible, be the most honest and genuine version of myself that i can be and hopefully you know that comes across so we're going to be experimenting we're going to be learning it's going to be um fun so without further ado now all that's out the way um onto the eternals review now i will say before i begin completely completely honest with you right this is a open discussion so what that means is that um it's going to be have spoilers in it, so if you haven't watched the movie yet, or you're still planning on watching it, or um, you just haven't gotten around to it, um, take your time now, I won't be offended at all, um, you can go away, do whatever you got to do, uh, pause this, and then once you've watched it, it's on Disney Plus now for free, and I think you can get it on a few other streaming sites, uh, I think you can actually probably buy it digitally now as well, um, go away, give it a watch. And um, come back when you've watched it and then, you know, I'll be, I'll be here where you left me on pause. So I'll give you time now just to pause me right now and I'll see you in a minute. Okay. Now, so for those of you that are still here, the Eternals. Well, before I start my overall opinions, I did a poll on my Twitter, just to kind of see what people thought and to see what their feelings were. And the results were actually quite interesting. What I got on my, um, on the poll. And as I said, the results were very, very interesting. So, out of 11 responses, I got 27% said they loved it. 18% wasn't a fan of it. And 55% of people haven't seen it. Now, I'll be honest, that's quite interesting, considering the fact of, if you look at all the reviews for the movie, um, most of the reviewers um, kind of did it quite negative, And I feel like that hurt the movie, um, Because a lot of people kind of, one of the sorry things about reviews, whether it be a book or a movie, is that the average moviegoer or the average book reader or the average video game player, it doesn't matter who you are, majority of you hear what's the negative reviews and then they just take them as face value. Majority of people just don't give something a try, don't give something a go, and they just go, oh, well, you know, this and this person said it was crap, so um, I'm not going to give it a go. Which is a shame, because I feel like within doing that, you're going to miss out on something that could generally be good. Now, you know, there are times where something is crap and it just is crap, you know. But I always, for me personally, whenever I see a bad review, it makes me want to to read it, to play it, to watch it more, just to kind of see, is it really that bad? Because I feel like reviewers can be quite harsh, more harsh than they need to be, more critical than they need to be, you know. So I always like to give it a go. So looking at the results, I wasn't surprised um, or shocked at the at the 27% and the 80% whose uh, people said that loved it and the 18% that wasn't a fan. I was shocked at the 55% of people who haven't seen it. Um, but, you know, it's a good, two, for almost three hour long movie. So I completely understand why a lot of people haven't given it a go. And as well with the bad press that comes with it, it's like, do I really want to spend my time watching a movie where everybody says is bad? So I get it. But, you know, it's fair game but i'm going to try my best to maybe change your opinion or even try to give you a different sort of perspective on it so my overall thoughts honestly i enjoyed it i loved it i enjoyed my time with it i enjoyed the characters i to me this movie is an experiment one thing i've noticed with this new um since Endgame and up to quite recently with the new spider-man and um, which don't worry i won't go into spoilers for that one yet um but up until end game to spider-man they've been trying new different things different concepts different genres they've been experimenting you know for example um shang chi for example that was a traditional um old-fashioned kung fu movie you know it started off in mandarin it didn't even start off in english it started off in mandarin you know it had amazing real life true um, kung fu um, fight choreography, you know, it had amazing visuals, it was going with characters that, you know, most people, most fans don't really know much about, you know, Shang-Chi's not really one of the a lists. he's more of a B to C, you know, he's up there with Iron Fist, which you'll only really know of if you watch the Netflix TV show. But apart from that, most people haven't because in all fairness, the Iron Fist TV show was terrible. But that's beside the point. The point is, you know, he's not really a very well-known character. So people don't know a lot about him. So I'm surprised it did very well, which I'm glad it did, because, again, it was an experiment, it was a test, and it worked. And I feel the same from watching Eternals. Now, like I said, I've seen it twice now. And on my first viewing, I thought it was an experiment. You know, it was a test. There were things that worked, the things that didn't work. But overall, it was a good, decent, movie. And I thought, if I'm going to do a review on it, I've got to watch it another time again. So I, I wrote down my initial thoughts. I've got my notes here in front of me. You might be able to hear that piece of paper rattling. You know, I've got my notes down here in front of me. So I left it a few days and I thought, I'll watch it again a second time. And on a second viewing, the movie made more sense because I, when I'd watched it, I'd realised why certain characters acted the way they did, why certain movie beats happened, you know, why, what they were trying to do, what they were trying to say, what, what it was the director um, was trying to convey to the audience. And the more I started to realize this is an experiment, it's a long experiment, you know, granted it's quite brave to do an almost three hour long experiment in the MCU and kind of follow the MCU formula, go off track a bit but come back to it you know but i feel like it works it really does work um i think the reviewers like i said were just a bit too harsh or they either they didn't really understand it you know this is a movie kind of like kind of like the matrix it's a good film when you first watch it it's 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 amazing but then when you watch it a second time and a third time you you notice small things you like I see what you were doing there. I see those little hints. I see those little things, and you enjoy it a second time round. Sadly, I don't think people are going to give it a second chance because it's a long movie. There's a lot happening. There's a lot of characters. There's a lot to take in, and I feel like a lot of people will just be like, "That was it, one and done." And if you're one of them people, you know, fair enough. I'm not going to judge you. I'm not going to tell you what to do with what you should do with your time. Um, but for me, it just made sense a second time round. And I, like I said, I did, I don't, I want to reinforce it as much as possible that it, this is an experiment, and I think it's an experiment that's done very well. You know, it, they they tried something new and it worked. Granted, it didn't always work at parts, and I'll get into those parts that didn't work, but overall, I think it worked. It was just my honest opinion. As, as everything else I've been saying here, but, you know, my honest opinion is this would have done better as a Disney Plus miniseries. Six to eight episodes, an hour each. So that's six hours, eight hours, right? Focusing on the characters. You know, you, you do your backstory. So you do like set 17. Like, I'll get into the story premise in a minute. But you will set the characters back in the 7,000 years ago which um, would be around Babylon times and you follow them throughout history, fighting the deviants. And as you get through history, then you finally get to the present time. And then you do the story beat of of the present time. By that stage, you have spent so much time with these characters through the past that you can relate to them. You can care about them, you know, them by name, you love them, you hate them X, Y, and Z. But the point is by the time you've got to the modern time, You are invested enough where you're like, you know what? I care about what happens next. You know, I'm interested what happens next. I want to know what happens next. Whereas because the way, because it's done in a movie, even though it's good three hours long, they've got so many characters and so much story and so much they need to cram in. It's like, here's a little bit of backstory. Here's present day. Here's a little bit of backstory. Here's present day. You know, it's so backwards and forwards and it gets, it goes really, really quickly. Then it slows down, then it goes really quick again, then it slows down, you know. But there are moments when them slow moments work, and then there's moments where where it goes too slow. But there's moments where the fast moments work, but then it goes too quickly, you know. And I just feel like if it was done in a Disney Plus, if it was done in a mini series, it would have worked. And then, if that was successful, then you'd be like, you know what? We're going to give the Eternals a movie, you know, because by that stage people know about them. and I think, I think that was the issue, really, was it, it was just too uh, too long, too misjointed. And like I said, it was an experiment. People had been so used to now, from Iron Man up into Endgame, of a formula of how these MCU moves are meant to work and function. People were so used to that, that when, again, they tried something new, because it wasn't what they were used to for so many years, understandably, people were like, I don't like it. It's not for me. Even I, when I was watching it, I was like, I like it and I can see what they're doing. But it's not what I'm used to. But for me personally, when it comes to stuff like that, I'm more interested. When it's something I'm not used to, I want to know why. I want to know as to why it's different. You know, I want to know as to why the characters are being this way. Why Disney decided not to follow this formula. Why did Marvel not to decide? You know, for me, that's quite interesting. But for other people, it's no. So I completely understand that, but like my overall thoughts is it's great, it's fantastic, it's an experiment. You know, it's a bit disjointed. It probably would have done better on a Disney Plus show, um, but we have a movie, and like I said, I'm not complaining. I, I I like what they're doing, and I I hope for more. So now my overall thoughts get in the way. I'll get right to the premise. So the premise of this story is that seven thousand years ago. Actually, tell you what, I'll go back even further than that. We'll have a bit more of a history lesson. So the universe is created and you have the celestials. Celestials are giant, I want to say humanoid beings that are bigger than planets, right? They are gargantuan. They are massive. If you looked up into the sky, you would just see a head. You wouldn't see the full body because they're, they're that big, right? They created life. They created everything in the universe from planets to stars to everything right they also made the deviants now the deviants plan was that we're going to send these creatures out into the universe and we're going to seed them on planets and what they're going to do they're going to go out and they're going to destroy and kill all of the uh, creatures you know for example they sent them to earth and uh, they're going to destroy and kill all the dinosaurs And then once they've eaten and killed all the dinosaurs, then we're going to send in the Eternals to wipe them out and to protect humanity. And we're going to have, and then humanity can prosper. And that basically happens on, on every planet, you know, every planet that can sustain life, but has the potential for intelligent life, but can't because the predator um, environment is too high. The, 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 Celestials send the Eternals to basically wipe out the Predators so that, you know, the intelligence can survive. That's the premise. So they're on Earth, they do that, and they are meant to, after they've destroyed and killed all the Deviants, they're meant to get like a signal of a a callback from Ashram, the head celestial, to say, your mission's done, your mission's complete, you can leave. That message never comes. So a lot of them are kind of sat there like, well, what do we do? So they kind of blend in with humanity and they and they just go about their lives, not interfering, not uh, doing anything. So anytime, you know, World War One, World War II, they kind of watch from afar. They never got involved. Um, you know, Endgame, Infinity War, stuff like that. Thanos didn't get involved, just watched humanity do what they had to do. That was their job. Their job was not to intervene with humanity, not to... Um, get involved and sort of stop them from doing things. It was mostly just to kind of make sure that they don't destroy themselves completely, but also to make sure that they, you know, um, don't get wiped out by the Deviants. And now the Deviants are gone, they just kind of sit and watch. So that's the basic premise of it. They're stuck on Earth and they've been here for about 7,000 years just watching us prosper, really, kind of pointing us in certain directions, but mostly just watching from afar basically any story that you ever hear about the gods or you ever a bit have ever hear about um, like uh, Zeus and stuff like that their inspirations of what the these were but like in real well not in real life but in real life with the MCU of they are gods you know that have kind of come down from the sky to guide us and to watch us and to keep us safe but never into to interfere fear so that's the basic premise of the story. They've come down to protect humanity from the Deviants. Deviants have gone, and now they're stuck. You know, they they have no more orders. They've everything's gone quiet. So what do they do? They kind of blend in, and that's that's the basic premise. And I think it's kind of interesting. It's it's different from what in the comics. In the comics, it's very different because um, in the MCU, the Celestials make the Eternals in the World Engine. Whereas in the comic books, Celestials are humans that have been modified to have superpowers. So that's the difference there. Um, I wasn't against it. I, I, I kind of, I was confused, but then I was when I found out, I was like, okay, I can see why they've changed it to fit the MCU. Um, so it doesn't really fit the comics completely, but that's not really a bad thing. Whereas if you consider the Celestials and you consider the um, the comic books of them really, that it's a very deep cut, it's very high, high Marvel lore. Like, it's very complex, it's very deep, it's very old, um, very high concept. And it's it. To be, to be honest, the series is not that popular, but it has its fans, the art is beautiful, but the lore is incredibly dense, <laughs> you know. So, ma- majority of fans of of comic books, kind of stay away from it, um, so I can see why they changed things to kind of suit what they were trying to do. So now I've mentioned the premise, I get my overall feelings. I'll, I'm, there's a lot of characters, so it's going to take me a little bit, so I've got my notes with me. Um, I'm going to try and go through each character, what I liked and didn't like, and then we're going to kind of wrap it up on my final thoughts, so let me hydrate quickly. One of the downsides is when you can talk and talk and talk. It's great, but you get incredible dry mouth. Anyway, that's not important. Don't focus on that. So our first character, Ajak, the Prime Celestial. Um, honestly, I, I, I loved her, but we didn't get enough screen time. She was a really interesting character. You know, she, Her powers are healing, so when she touches, you can heal. And she's the leader of, of the team. And she kind of talks asheram which is the main sort of celestial. And um, we, she's like, we have Sa- Salma Hayek, who's an incredible actress, but we just don't get enough time with her. She, she's on screen for bits, and this is why I said about the um, the Disney Plus miniseries. And I'm going to mention it a few more times here because with some of the characters, because you have some credible actors here with some really good sort of potential with their character but because we don't get to see enough of them it's kind of like I'm interested but I don't care you know. and like I said, this is a spoiler discussion and I'm going to get into it You know, she's killed off quite early on in the story in the story she's killed off quite early and it's like I, I didn't care that she died I loved her character when she was on screen but when they showed that she was dead I was like, I don't care I have no reason to care because you haven't given me a reason to care you know, it's, it's a shame because I like her character, I want to see more of her character, but they just kill her off so early on, it's like, and, oh, I'm supposed to feel emotion, I'm sorry, um, boohoo, and I, I don't mean to sound like a knob, but it's true, you know, it, you if you haven't given me anything to go off, then I'm not going to feel anything, you know. And it's not, it's not hard to get me going. If you know, I'm quite an emotional person. You know, if you go, if you want to make me cry, it's it's quite easy in a film, um, but it, no, it, I, there was no emotion. There was like, oh, she's dead. Okay then, you know, so that was the kind of the shame. I, was, I feel like we needed more of her. We needed more of just her leadership and understanding and her reasons of why I'm not doing things. We do get an, a, 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 um as to reason as to why she's dead and a reason why, you know, don't interfere with things which i will get on in a minute when we start talking about icarus um but i just feel like we just didn't get enough of Ajax. you know we didn't get enough of a character to really care that when she was gone but i loved her when she was on screen so now we have uh, icarus uh who is played by the guy that who was in game of thrones which i'm blanking on his name because i've chopped my head full of eternal stuff that i've blocked out game of thrones lore so please bear with me um Icarus again. He has Superman. Basically, he's Superman. He can fly. He has kind of somewhat super strength. It's never really implied he's got super strength, but I would assume he has for the action scenes. And he can shoot laser beams out of his eyes, or more than likely the cosmic beams. They never really give them a name, but most likely cosmic beams. Um, And I, I, I don't know if it. I'm still trying to figure out if it's bad acting or if it was intentional. As I said. From watching it two times now and realizing um, Icarus's arc, I'm I, I'm starting to feel that I understand as to why this he did this way. But his acting style is very wooden. It's like looking at a statue. He every time you see him on screen, he's got he's got his hands in his pockets or his hands to his side, and he's just standing there. He's not emotive. He's kind of just like um, he's very stoic. Very much like you know, if he didn't talk to you, he would just nod. And he would go, mm, like, just grunt. Yeah, like, are you okay? Mm, yeah. Mm, you know, d- not giving anything away. And I I feel the reason this is for, again, it could be bad acting, but I'm trying to hope that the reason as to why he was doing this was, um, the thing was Icarus, he knows as to why they are there. He knows as to what... The whole point behind him being on earth um and this kind of leads into what i said about ajax uh, you know being dead was the fact of Ajax told icarus uh, about ooh, a thousand years before the beginning of the movie or maybe two thousand years i'm not really sure that the reason why they're there is basically for Protected from the deviants and then to make sure that humanity or any sort of sentient intelligent race gets to a certain level of intelligence. And then what that means, once they get to that point, then the planet will crack into, basically every planet with life on it is an egg. And inside the core of a planet is a celestial because when the celestials make the, again, again, it gets going to get really complicated. They can explain it quite well in the movie, but I feel like this is where they lose, it will lose a lot of people every planet with intelligent life has a celestial inside when the celestials make a planet they put a being like a, a i would say like a baby celestial best way to explain it inside the planet and um they let life prosper and the deviants are there to basically kill off all of the predators as i explained the problem is when the deviants were created this is why i i talk i'll talk about this near to the end because again there's a lot to get into but the, celestials evo- uh, the, the deviants evolve and that causes a problem, so the Eternals are there to basically stop them to, from evolving and stop them from killing humans and to basically allow humanity to evolve. And then when humanity are ready, the planet will crack open, the planet will die, everybody will die on it and the Celestial will be born and then the Celestial will then go off and create a new sun and a new range of planets and more life and then they will plant a seed of another Celestial. And then so on and so forth. And the cycle goes on. Um, anyway, Icarus finds this and basically realises, well, there's no point caring about humanity. There's no point caring about this planet. So, I, f- I just feel that whenever you see him on screen, it's the reason he's being wooden is because he's uncomfortable. He's uncomfortable around his teammates because he knows something they don't know. He's uncomfortable around um Humanity, because he knows all oh, this is meaningless. One day they're all going to die. All this is going to be destroyed, and that he's going to be sent off to another planet with another set of uh, alien race, and that they're going he's going to stay there for another couple thousand years, and then that planet's going to be destroyed, and then that planet and that planet, and he just knows that all oh, this is pointless. He has a job. He's going to do his job, but that's it. You know, he's very wooden. And again, I'm hoping it's the latter, but it like I said, it might just be bad acting. I've seen the guy in other things. He was okay in Game of Thrones. Um, he was good in The Bodyguard. I f- I'm forgetting the actor's name, but you know, I just feel like I want to hope that he's he's got better acting than this. I don't know. Again, this, if it, a miniseries would have worked for this, you know, we would have sort of got a bit more understanding. Anyway, so we now have um, Icarus's love interest, which is Cersei. Um, she was interested. Um, but I wasn't blown away by her, you know, she, because Ajax is now dead, Cersei is now the leader, and you think now she's in the leader role, now she's been put at the forefront, you you get the most screen time with her, that she would be the most interesting, the most charismatic, the most sort of interesting character, which she's not, you know, she she's interesting to a point, you know, she's interesting to and she's emotive, but. You're not blown away by her. You're not like, Oh, this is really cool. I want to sit and listen to this this woman talk and as she leads. And it's more just like I, I want to spend my time with it with other people. You know, I'm like a little child. Like, you're cool, but they're cooler. Can I can I go talk to them? No, okay, I have to sit in and watch you figure things out, okay. You know, so it was kind of a letdown. It was like, Oh, it was a bummer. Also, apparently, and this is a bit that was really unproparable unbelievable and like kind of made me laugh on a second viewing was that apparently Icarus and Cersei had been married for 6,000 years. But none of that comes off on screen. Like you, you look at them on screen and they have zero chemistry. They don't work. They don't like, they look at each other and they just look like two people that have just met that you, you wouldn't believe that had been married and in deeply in love and infatuated with each other for 7,000 years it's it, it's just not evident on screen just because you told me they are doesn't mean i i can see it like maybe they are i don't believe it though because it doesn't portray on on screen so that made me laugh like it it's just like okay you tell me they are but i I don't believe it but i take your word for it but when you if you ever get around to watching it or if you have watched it um did it was it believable to you it wasn't believable to me there, there was a relationship in this that was more believable, and I'll get on to that one that one was just lovely, but anyway, so that's Icarus and Cersei. now we get on to sprite um again I'll be honest, I, I in my notes and I even wrote it down in a little sort of words was like I don't know what to write because I don't know what to say about sprite. Sprite was just there you know i they, she had an emotional sort of arc that didn't really pay off to the end, but overall, I just. She was comic relief, you know, it was, uh, I just don't understand, you know, it's very sort of, um, very odd, like I, again, I'm I'm losing things to say because I don't know what to say about her, apart from at the end she makes a really, really weird choice, um, basically, um, Sprite is in love with Icarus, but the problem is Sprite is age-locked is the best way I can explain it. So even though Sprite is thousands and thousands of years old, she is stuck in a in, in a child's body. I'd say a fourteen, fifteen-year-old's body. So she has the mind of a very old woman, but she has the body of a child. You know, and she's in love with Icarus, but you know, she can't have Icarus because of you know she's sort of young, but also she she craves love she wants to have children she wants to have a relationship but she can't because everybody sees her as a child you know so she despises humanity because they remind her of what she can't have which is a life you know so she's just very much she's kind of like ikara she's very much like screw it i don't i don't want to be here i don't i don't like it here i'm just stuck here you know so it's very, so it's very much like she, she just makes jokes like i said she's the comic relief there's no it Sounds horrible, but I don't feel there's any really real point to it. Like I said, she makes a weird choice at the end going off with of Icarus and you know helping him sort of execute his plan, but she has no reason to go with him. You know, she just does because she loves him, but I again I don't believe that she loves him because again it hasn't it doesn't convey well. You haven't really shown me that she loves him, you haven't really shown me um sprite sort of fawning over him or just being like you know being really close to him all all you really see she she smiles and gives him a hug when she first meets him when we when we see icarus on screen but apart from that nothing all you think is that they're their they're best friends that would be it you know there there is no hint of love or affection it's just hello sprite hey icarus hug that's it so her end sort of scene made no sense to me at all so that was so that's getting rid of the not the boring shall i say but the interesting but needed more of to be more fun sort of part of it now we get on to the interesting the the characters that you want to spend your time with as you watch this movie but sadly don't get as much time as what they deserve and what you deserve as if you are Right, So you get Druid and Makari. Right Now, Druid, one of the best ca- characters in the Eternals, one of the best characters in the whole movie, Druid um, can basically control minds. He has the ability to control every mind on the planet if he wanted to. And for me, Druid had one of the most powerful scenes in the whole film, Basically, because they've been there for a good 7,000 years, they've seen humanity destroy each other. You, they've seen humanity destroy itself, rebuild, destroy itself, rebuild. And Druids got to the point where he's like, I have the ability to stop them killing each other. I have the ability to stop them ever going to war. But you, but he says it, to Ajax, he's like, but you tell me I can't. You know how much mental torture that is. Well, I'm watching the people and the cities that I care about be destroyed. I can stop them instantly, but you tell me I can't do it. And it really, he really, he breaks down and I'm breaking down with him as I'm watching it because I would feel the same if I had that power, if I had that ability to create peace, to to stop people fighting, to stop people killing each other. If I could do it, but I'm not allowed to do it, it would kill me inside. And I emulated so much with him. Because I would be the same. I'd be like. Mm, I, 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 and in the end. He just goes. You know what. Screw you guys. I'm going to do what I'm doing. You, you, If you want to stop me. You're going to have to kill me. And so he takes control of this army. And he just leaves. And walks off into the jungle. Like a badass. And completely awesome. On the flip side. You have. Makari. Which is druid's love interest she is deaf well or i think it's, i think it's the it's the best terminology mute i'm not really sure i hope i don't offend anybody but she uses sign language and they speak to her in sign language and she's got super speed um and it's it's so beautiful whenever makari and druid are on screen together because he he talks to her so softly so care so care carefully and you know he signs at the same time. But even when he signs, I know it sounds silly, but when he signs, it's very loving. When he signs, it's very caring. You can see the emotion in his hands as he's talking to her, and as she lights up and she smiles, as she's reading what he's saying, and she can see it in his eyes there love. Like them two get less screen time than what Icarus and Cersei get, and they are more believable for a relationship and being in love than Icarus and Cersei. Druid and Makareem are less screen time, make more sense. Icarus and Cersei, none, at all, makes no sense. This is just power of great character writing and great acting. You know, whenever they're on screen together, you just light up, you're like, oh, look, they're together, oh, you know, you, you you get really happy, get really cheerful. And I did, and I just, Really loved when they were together. Fantastic couple. Interesting. You know, their, their fights were the most interesting. They had the most sort of badass moments. I'd be happy with a movie with just them two. Generally, a movie with them two would be heaven for me. And I, f- I feel like majority of people would agree. Most people at the end of this film was like, Druid was the best. And I agree, he was. Which is kind of interesting because in the comic books, Druid is actually a villain because he wants to be this, the leader. He wants to be the prime sli- um, Eternal, and um, he's always trying to find ways to become the Prime Eternal. So maybe that's something they will do in in the future. He becomes a villain. I don't know, but I quite I think he's quite interesting. But I think he'd make a good villain as well. Uh, so next we've got uh, Kingo and Karun. Uh, again, that is comic relief. Um, we have two comedic actors. Um, Karun being from the um, old man from Run Fat Boy Run, and he has a spatula and he hits Dennis every time you know he slows down for anybody who's watched Run Fat Boy Run anyway. And most people outside of England probably haven't seen it. Um, I recommend to go watch Run, Fat Boy Run. It's a it's fantastically funny movie with um, Simon Pegg. And then you've got uh, Kingo. Again, they're just comic relief. They're funny. You know, it's kind of just to make you smile. Um, not anything more, more depth than that. Again, we, we just don't get to see a lot of them, but they're funny. Then we've got uh, Athena and Gilgamesh again. Comic relief, funny, amazing action scenes. I just fall in love with them. Again, their relationship is, I don't know if it's if it's love or if it's friendship or like it's, a, it's kind of like a really deep sort of loving friendship. Um, but Gilgamesh basically says that he will spend his whole life looking after and protecting Athena um, no matter what. And he will do it in the next life and in the next life. And again, less screen time, more believable relationship than the two main characters. So, you know, again, makes no sense. Um, and I just thought that their sort of relationship was just was just beautiful on screen. It was just lovely, you know, two people that deeply care for each other. Gilgamesh is basically like the Hulk. He is incredibly strong. Um, Athena is a badass warrior, you know, or Thena, as uh, she likes to be called. It's not Athena, it's Thena. Um, again, Angelina Jolie and my, I, f- I forget his name, but if you've watched the movie um, Train to Busan, you will know why he's badass. Every movie I see him in, he's badass. He's an incredible actor, and I wish he gets more roles because he just deserves them. He's an incredible actor. So them two, lovely, amazing. Then we got Pathos, who is an inventor. He can basically create anything. He reminds me of Forge from the X-Men comics. Uh, Forge was basically, he had the mutant ability of, if you could think it, he could make it. And that's basically Pathos. Uh, Pathos is basically the same. He could build everything. He's the builder. He has a very sort of amazing emotional scene as well. Uh, a, a one that I definitely 100% connected to. Um, he's, it he cuts back to Hiroshima when the uh, bomb was dropped on uh, Japan. And he's just there in the middle of this sort of wasteland that has just recently been destroyed by uh, the fat boy, Nuke. And he's just crying. He's just letting his eye, crying his eyes out with ajak next to him he's like i just i this is my fault i hate humanity i it was my designs i'm the reason why they are here i i just he just started to despise humanity i just don't want to be around these people you know and i i get that as well i there are moments where i generally look at the news and i'm like i don't want to be on this planet you know i don't want to be surrounded by humans so i i completely related to him it was genuinely like i get you I understand what you're saying. Cause I've been there too. You know, so it was very emotionally. It, it really got me. And if I'll be honest, on a second viewing, it generally made me sort of just get like a lump in my throat of like, I understand. I get it. Different reasons, but same emotional connection, you know, also Pathos is the first openly gay character in the MCU, which I think is amazing. Um, as well, also, you know, I, I forgot to mention, um, makari was again was the first openly um mute uh deaf uh character so i'm glad that they are adding these uh sort of these characters into the mcu because there are characters there are characters like that in the mcu uh but in the comics um but i'm glad they're bringing them into the mainstream now i think that's the sign uh, as a society we are growing and we are changing which is fantastic um so i really like that uh i'm trying to go from my notes um Ah, right. So that was all the interesting characters, as well as the beginning ones that we didn't get enough of. Um, I loved them. I, I, I loved and hated all of them. Well, I didn't. Well, hated the the beginning ones, and obviously from Druid downwards, I quite, I loved. I had no real issue with any of them. Again, I feel like in a mini series, it would have worked. You know, and I, I'm onto my final thoughts now. Um, but I just feel like mini series. If we had an hour each, and we had six to eight episodes. We could spend more time with these characters and we could have related to them and cared about them more. Um, but because we got a movie, granted it was three hours long, but even though three hours is a long time, you've got a lot of characters, you've got a lot of story, you've got a lot of red herrings. This movie's full of red herrings um, and misdirect, where it's like you're trying to do so much, you're trying to experiment, you're trying to add so many different mixtures to the pot. And trying to hope for a, you know, an incredible potion. And the potion works, but it has side effects, you know. And again, it's, it's, the, it's the parts of where the some characters are not believable as to why they choose to do what they do. Or some characters are wooden. And some characters, uh, their relationship, and they're meant to love each other for so many years. But you don't believe it because it doesn't convey well. Because there's so much going on that you haven't got time to really focus on their love. And for some reason it works with others and it doesn't with them. Like, I just, that was for me, that kind of didn't make sense. Because um, the whole sort of like, like the, with the ending is the fact of Ajak, and Ajax dead. Icarus basically decides I'm going to distract the team. I'm going to bring the team together, distract them so that the Celestial can pop out the planet and that we can leave and I'm done. And then, you know, I can go to another planet and do it again. Right. Um. But his idea is that I'm going to kill my whole team if I have to. And then I'm just going to let the Celestial come. And then great. And then this is where the bad choice comes in. Where like Sprite, for no apparent reason, apparently because she loves him. But again, that's not believable. So it makes no sense. Is that she goes with him for no reason. She just goes with him. And then the other sort of Eternals are like, well, fine. And then you've got Kingo and Karun leave. Again, for no reason. They just leave. So they're not there at the final fight either. So then it, all you've got is Druid and Makari. is on her own because Gilgamesh uh, died because of um, Icarus. He died saving Icarus, thinking that he was doing the right thing, which again makes me love Gilgamesh even more. But knowing that he died for this guy really upset me, but you know. And then you've just got Paphos. And then they have their big battle, really cool, amazing battle, and no real sort of, well, we do get a payoff, but it's it's more just like a big battle, and then Icarus just flies off into the sun, literally, into the, into the sun, and we don't know if he dies or not, just into the sun, full on speed, right in there, um, but overall I you know, my final thoughts, I, I enjoyed the story. I think it was interesting. There are moments where I generally started to question, you know, was Asherum a genius or not, because again Asheram made the, the deviants but he didn't realise that they that they could evolve. So instead of wiping the deviants out, which he could have done, he and started again and made the deviants, but so they couldn't evolve. He just made a new batch of people, the Eternals, who couldn't evolve, who couldn't age. And we're just going to use them instead. Again. <laughs> it's, I don't know if he's a genius. Or if it's a very stupid plan. It makes no sense to me. And Then you have the end of the movie. Where he comes back. Because they stopped the Celestial from being born. And he's like. Um, I'm going to. He picks up all the Celestials. On the planet. And he basically goes. I mean he picks up all the Eternals on the planet. And he goes. You have decided not to let this celestial live, you have sacrificed him for the life of the humans on this planet I am going to read your memory now and I'm going to judge to see as to why you decide if they are worthy to live or not and if I find them, deem them not worthy I'm going to come back and destroy them all uh, he appears in the sky, it's a really cool sort of visual image um, and then the movie just kind of ends and the, the thing about that is that it's so amazing and incredible but so, like, it's kind of like, it's higher than Thanos level threat. This is a huge threat, right? And it kind of, it. from watching the new Spider-Man, and watching Shang-Chi, and then watching Hawkeye, I don't really give a shit, sorry to swearing about what happens in Spider-Man, and what happens in Doctor Strange, and I don't care about, you know, Kate Bishop, and her trials and tribulations with her, her mother... When Asherum, the judge, comes down and says he's going to judge humanity and if he deems us not worthy, more than likely he will deem us not worthy, and he's going to come back and he's going to destroy the planet. It's kind of hard to care about the multiverse and to care about anything else in any other miniseries or whatever movie they create next. When Ashram the judge, says he's going to come back and destroy us if we're not worthy, which we're not going to be worthy because there needs to be a sequel. So how? So my point is, how can you really care about all this stuff when you've got something like that hanging over your head? You know what I mean. So that's that's what's kind of bothering me moving forwards. Um, but yeah, that's 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 my thoughts on the movie. Really, like I, I enjoyed it. It was interesting. I just feel that um, it needed. It, it was an interesting experiment. That worked and didn't work, but overall, I I do recommend people give it a go. I recommend people go out and give it a watch, and just try it for themselves. Like again, it's it's granted it's almost three hours long, um, but if you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. It's an experiment. But I feel now at the now I know where it's going, and now they have the foundation that they can build upon this for a sequel, and that the sequel will be better. Whenever that they they make the sequel, I don't know. They haven't said anything as of as of recording this, um, but I do hope and wish that a sequel would come. And I think a sequel will benefit greatly. Um, this these characters. Um, so that's my final thoughts. I enjoyed it, and if I had to give it a score out of ten, I'd give it an eight point five, because um, it's it's good, but like it's it's missing things of being great. So that's that done. That's the movie review done. So I wanted to take the time now to uh, try something new, try something a bit different. And um, I wanted to have a Q and A. So I asked people a few questions and I um, got a few responses and I just wanted to sort of um, present them now and kind of answer them as best I can. So the first question I've got is, What was my favourite book as a kid and why? Well, this is a bit of a long story, and I might end up talking about this a lot more in detail um, in the future because we don't really have a lot of time at the moment to really go into full detail because the review was quite long. Um, So I'll give you the sort of uh, quick and brief version of it. Um, Because I am dyslexic, I didn't really enjoy reading growing up. Uh, Reading was a chore. Um, And... I just never really, because I couldn't do it, I didn't want to do it, you know. And it wasn't until 2014 when I finished um, senior school, high school, that I decided I've got nothing else to do during the six weeks holiday. I'm just going to sit and I'm going to read. And that's where it really began. So as a child, I didn't read. I wanted to read, but I didn't want to read because I couldn't do it, you know. So it wasn't until later in life that I grew in appreciation. For books and for literature, that I do now, that um, I wanted, I want to read more every day, all day. So I don't really have a favorite book when I was a child, but my favorite book as an adult, for when I started reading, um, is Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Uh, I think I've mentioned it before, before, but it's an incredible book, incredible series. Douglas Adams is an incredible writer, and I highly recommend. Everybody to go out and check Douglas Adams out. Any of his books. He he died too early. He died too soon. Um, he died before I was born, I believe. And um, it's just a shame because the guy had so much potential. The guy had so much imaginative juices that he just he just couldn't get it all out before he passed. And again, it does upset me because he's a generally. I would have loved to have seen to what he does if i could go to another dimension where he's still alive i would go and buy every one of his books and bring them back and i wouldn't share them with anybody because i'm greedy and because it would probably destroy the timeline um so hopefully that answers your question um next question if i had to choose anywhere in narnia to live where would i pick to be honest um i think i would just choose narnia there are many lands of narnia but i would just choose to stay in narnia and i would choose even though i don't like the white witch and i wouldn't want her to be ruling over me i would be honest i would probably choose um narnia during winter even though i'm not a big fan of snow i quite like um narnia uh in winter i think it's kind of beautiful and it's a very magical place so yeah if i choose anywhere to live it would be narnia um and that oh, I've got a few I've got a few other questions but looking at my time I'm 51 minutes in I have 9 minutes left before it decides to freak out and be like you've gone for too long so I'm going to move on and I'm, I'm going to save um cuz I've got another big question here it's a very very long one which I want to get into more detail with which I will do next episode so I will save that for next time um but thank you for everybody who asked me questions anyway sorry that I couldn't get around to all of them I went on the review went on longer than I wanted to so the next part is well as i do before i end um i want to talk about what i'm reading what i am listening to what i'm playing and so on and so forth so what i'm currently reading is uh i'm reading Jacinto's Remnant by Karen Travis which is a Gears of War book it's set between the it's set After the events of Gears War 2, directly after the events of Gears War 2, when Jacinto has sunk into um, the ocean, and I'm not that far in, but they basically have to deal with the evacuation of all the people and then um, kind of find a new land, somewhere to to rebuild. Uh, Really good, really interesting. You can't go wrong with Karen Travis. Uh, She's an incredible um, writer. She mostly writes video game novels, but that doesn't matter. To be honest, Uh, she's incredible as an author. And I really enjoy her books. Um, I'm currently listening to a Doctor Who novel called The um, City of Death. Uh, I think it's I Believe City of Death, set in Paris. Uh, it's a classic Doctor Who story written by Douglas Adams. Um, it, takes pla- uh, like I said, it takes place during the 70s with the fourth Doctor and Romana. Romana 2, to be more specific, Lala Ward. And. Um, Again, that's quite interesting. I'm not very far into that one either, because I've been really busy trying to plan out and write my notes for this one, uh, this review. Um, so I haven't really got around to reading as much and I've got around to, um, playing, uh, video games as much as I wanted to and, um, listening, uh, to any audio as much as I want to. Um, like, cause I, for example, I had planned to do a huge sort of like news bulletin near the end, uh, but we have to leave that to next week. But it's okay. Uh, well, I might even do a bonus. I think I found out that I could do bonus episodes on here, so I might do a bonus ep- episode where I just talk about the news. We will see what I decide to do. Um, but, yeah, so that's basically it. I'm, I'm still playing Mass Effect, I'm currently looting the universe of, well, the, gal- the Milky Way galaxy to be more specific. Of all its resources. Because I'm playing Mass Effect 2. You can go to different planets. And you can just harvest resources. From every planet. So I'm just launching probes on every planet I come to. And depleting the universe. Uh, the Milky Way of uh, resources. Which is always great. Always a fun thing to do. Very priority, Very fun. Um, but yeah that's about it. So um, before I sign off. Again I want to say thank you again. And uh, generally, I, I want to say thank you to everybody listening now, people who stayed with me and people who will stay with me from, from the future. As I mentioned a few bits here and there, I have got big plans. You know, I want to add inter, interludes and I want to add in, I want to do more sort of polls on Twitter. So if you follow me on Twitter, um, ginger underscore book, um, you'll find me on there. or just type in the ginger bookworm and you'll find me on there and you know, interact and we'll have fun, have a conversations. I'll be posting more things on Twitter. I'll be more active on Twitter because uh, I'm not a very active person on Twitter, but I will be a lot more active on there now. And um, yeah, generally just, I wanna say thank you. Like I said, I, I've, I had loads of plans of what I wanted to do for this episode, but I had a feeling that the Eternals review was gonna go longer than I originally thought uh, I had planned. Of, doing a really long Q and A and doing, um, like a news bulletin. Like I wanted to talk about Microsoft buying uh, acquired Activision and all the companies. Um, but sadly that's probably going to have to wait, but like I, said, I can do bonus episodes. So when this comes out um, on Thursday, I'm currently recording this on the Wednesday. So when this comes out tomorrow, um, keep an eye out. I will probably do a bonus sort of, um, Episode, a quick one. That'll just be me talking about the news. Um, it'll be, it, it will be a lot shorter, most likely under ten to twenty minutes. It won't be long, um, but I feel like that'll be an interesting thing to do um, and really fun. And like, like I said, I've got all the plans for the future. I want to get some more guests on. I'm currently talking to a few people, uh, so hopefully, you know, we can get some more guests on and we can talk about things. But yeah, I, I just generally I want to end and sign off. Episode two by saying thank you again. I can't say thank you enough. um Every and all feedback uh, means a lot. And yeah, so don't forget if you're on if you listen to this on Spotify, don't forget to rate uh one star, two star, three star, four star, five star. No matter what you fit you deem worthy of my performance. um uh, You know I'm your monk, I'm your dancing monkey. If you think I have done a good enough job, rate me. You know as many stars as as you feel uh rating really really helps because it gets me up the ratings and people see and listen to my content a lot more and get a bigger audience and then i can start you know doing more things and hopefully i can have more time to chit chat uh, and have more people to talk to i want more people to interact with Um, so yeah don't forget to rate follow me on twitter um ginger underscore book and yeah that seems about it so Thank you for listening to What Page You On with me, your host, Luke, the ginger bookworm. This has been episode two. So, as always, stay sexy, stay active. I love you all. Peace. <laughs>